influencers are actually becoming brands as opposed to just promoters or ambassadors. But at the same time, there is a general motion to bring in new clauses into these contracts where the user-generated content is actually will have that brand or that creator at least cited for their creation. And mm -hmm. I think the similar thing, a lot of there's a lot of talk about NFC, NFTs and everything else. If a lot of that content, even if it's bought as an NFT and owned completely and entirely by somebody else, the underlines my contract actually includes the reference to the creator. Hi guys, this is Andre and you are on a brand new episode of the Marketing Innovation Podcast Show. Welcome to a new season. Our special guest today is Igor, a senior entrepreneur and the CEO and co-founder of Bribe.com, a platform for remote professionals and social media influencers looking for brand collaborations. Today, we'll discuss influencer marketing insights from 2021, trends for 2022, as well as how to best integrate this channel in your overall 2022 digital marketing strategy. So without further ado, Igor, it's a pleasure to have you here on the show. Welcome to a new year. How's uh, January been treating you so far? How's everything going? Thank you so much for having me, Andre. It's definitely a pleasure. Um, this has been a very, very fast start of the year because we are, um, as a company, pursuing some new avenues of the business. So the developers are hating me already because they just got out of you know the part A mode. But um, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. This is going to be a great year for the industry. This is going to be a great year for the company. I'm definitely excited about it. Exciting. So what have you been guys doing or you mentioned new avenues? Uh, first of all, uh, if you want to present yourself a bit to our listeners so they know a bit about your background as well as what Bribe.com does and what are you guys preparing for these months or this year? Absolutely. Um, I am the co-founder, uh, part of the four guys that co-founded Bribe uh, two and a half years ago. And this company originally was a pet project, actually. Uh, we, uh, I was working for a different company. I was a CMO for a technology company. And for their marketing efforts, which subsequently we were able to bring them out like 10x, I think, almost. Uh, we ran a few influencer campaigns. Very quickly realized that a lot of platforms on the market weren't really serving the purpose of what we had to do. So we started building our own in inventory of influencers. And I have a hospitality background I used to own a club in los angeles so definitely dove into our regular warm network and got a lot of people that we knew to uh, promote the company it, it was very very productive really cool so the database has grown over time and then with additional investment it, we sort of came up with an mvp basically as a side project yeah. um, that started enjoying really good uh, organic growth and um when the pandemic came in obviously for a lot of industries it has been not the best development but when anything online including influencer marketing and freelancer uh markets this has been quite an amazing you know change in opportunities and and systems and platforms so we were fortunate enough to uh receive a round of investments proceeded with the developments and basically last year has been the year of us um, working on both verticals on the freelancer vertical and the influencer vertical um, getting ourselves positioned in the market the company name obviously is kind of catchy so uh, it's becoming quite recognizable in the space um, obviously we're not up there with the large and huge behemoths of the industries but I think the cool thing about that is that as a startup, we are able to very quickly change direction or adjust to different situations, especially in such a, I think the paradigm of influencer marketing is experiencing a really big shift right now um, on so many things that we'll probably get into a little bit later in this conversation, but um, a company that can, or a provider of the service or even a brand that is using influencer marketing that's capable and um, to stay on the cutting edge of everything that's happening is going to benefit tremendously from anything that's going on. Okay, and uh, what are you guys up to now? Because you mentioned new avenues. So you used last year to establish yourself on both of these 
niches of users and now one of yeah one of the biggest developments that we are looking to do is adding another group of users to the platform um the original aspiration for bribe was to be a true marketplace i'm sure you're familiar with the concept of bazaar mm-hmm. um so basically that's what we're doing we're trying to build a digital bazaar that will help the end user which are in most cases buyers or individual uh purchases of the services to find almost everything that they need so the missing link was the educators and the coaches as you know in this particular time there are a lot of coaches a lot of people that share their expertise and even higher and faster growing audience of people that would like to get that knowledge and get it passed and get it communicated to them so uh we are adding the coaches to the platform we will be able to offer their courses for sale from the platform and as the end user you will be able to go on to pride um learn more about the some conceptual enterprise that you're looking into then have freelancers basically create your digital assets and then influencers promote your company or promote your idea and all of that is with a incredibly large um quantity of professionals that are offering their services at very very competitive rates So what that what the previous year has shown to us is that freelance industry and especially influencer industry is shifting into the providers that are called the smaller ones like the nano influencers the micro influencers the smaller less known providers of the new services like NFTs or crypto blockchain technology yet on the same level with your regular logo design and website design all those small providers now can find a tremendous amount of jobs because even the large enterprise has shifted to getting more and more remote work because it's a lot easier to work with it's a lot more competitive pricing etc but we should not forget that the most underserved group in this particular space right now are the small businesses because they're used to doing everything by themselves I'm a small business owner back in the day I remember I used to do anything from plumbing to electrical to website design to promotion but now they must realize that they have the plethora of talent that is available through platforms like Bribe and like any of our competitors to get a lot of that stuff done from by somebody with an expertise for a lot less headache and for a very 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 competitive rate so what we have done from the very beginning is focused on uh, small to medium sized businesses as well as small to medium sized providers and i think this is the wave that a lot of larger companies that are focused on large enterprise uh, are missing but also it's incredibly important to make them realize that they are supported by platforms like ours and they mm-hmm. can actually sell their services as well as have their services bought Mhm mhm. Uh one question here because you mentioned creating a um, bazaar for virtually people that need all these all these areas of service. And there was a question popping into my head. I'm curious whether you guys are looking at, at integrating that within the platform at any point in the future and that would be um something to the likes of affiliate marketing or you know having people that are um I'm integrating this form of payment as well uh, apart from just like purchasing courses but actually having somebody that produces something with people on the platform being able to promote via the people in the platform which are the influencers and maybe pay a commission so that side of the business No absolutely this is a great question because um this is something that we actually have been doing from the very beginning um mm-hmm. as, along with developing the platform itself we have built a separate engine that is called bribe affiliates mm-hmm. which is an affiliate platform and originally it existed apart Th- these two were completely two different things that serve different purposes but we have created an integration now because we're coming out with these e-commerce solutions and we're coming out with some different levels of subscription for enterprise buyers so um this will come incredibly handy plus i think affiliate marketing to some is the unknown and to some is you know the gold rush of the mm-hmm. past 12 years 
um, I think, again, we're getting back to the shift in general paradigm of how you build your business, how you promote your business. And you can invest millions and millions of dollars in Google ads or run TV ads, et cetera. Or you can turn to the online community, somebody that, like you said, that is already present on our platform or and the affiliates that are all over the world, always looking for new opportunities. Um, we actually will be presenting some of the stuff that I cannot tell you about right now, but we'll be presenting it at the affiliate uh, world expo in Dubai in March of this year. So um, stay close. Maybe you can do a follow up with that because we're, we're coming up with some really, really crazy stuff. Nice. However, it all boils down to just the simple thing. Thank you for asking this question, but affiliates are there to promote your services and we are using them. We will be using them. Definitely, definitely. Sweet. So in terms of the markets, uh, what where are we focusing at the moment? Uh, I mean, where do you feel is the the biggest rush when it comes to, you know, we can talk about all of them. So influencers, uh, freelancers as well, um, small businesses, obviously, they are everywhere. Uh, <laughs> but uh, where do you feel is the biggest opportunity now for um, for brands to collaborate with influencers and, and see results? I think the biggest uh, opportunity, just like I mentioned, is the micro markets, uh, the micro providers. And there are many different reasons that are completely transparent and very well understood and have been understood. However, um, the whole concept of influencer marketing still a lot of times rotates around big names like the Kardashians or the Messi's or, you know, Antonio Banderas, Jordan's. And that's why it creates the entry barrier for uh, smaller businesses or smaller influencers to promote their services. This has been our bread and butter from the get-go. But even if you look at the stats for the, a lot of companies already released the stats for last year. So uh, micro influencer business has grown by like 2% share of the general influencer side. So this is actually, it may sound not very significant but it's a huge huge improvement because the brands are now realizing that segmented promotion when you use uh, maybe geocentric or industry centric groups of micro and nano influencers that have a much higher engagement like a average engagement rate is between four to eight percent we have nano influencers on our platform which runs like 12 to 14 percent engagement rate and that compared to 0.8, 0.5 engagement rate of a regular megastar. That already tells you what kind of, how your message is going to be seen and consumed, whether you pay the same amount of money that you, you would spend on one post with a megastar, or you can run a six months long campaign with a group of nano influencers, which is basically bound to have a much bigger effect on your bottom line on on your return on ad spend as opposed to running like just one big and very expensive post i, I love it that you brought this up because actually this, this has been a discussion that we've been carrying uh from the agency side with all of our clients really uh when trying to draw these comparisons between is it worth investing let's say let's say 10k dollars or euros into a partnership that can provide you with maybe like a blog post and an on-feed post on Instagram with somebody super popular that has 5 million followers um, that are or are not following their content actively and being engaged with that content and, and maybe just follow them because they are popular. So everybody follows them rather than investing the 10K in, as you said, six or maybe not six, but at least three months campaigns with smaller influencers that have uh, targeted communities that actually follow them because they have a word to say in that niche. Um, and of course, they can provide better engagement and better brand recall as you run with more at the same time and having longer term collaborations. And another thing that we discovered and our clients were able to use very well, and I'm curious to see whether this was on your side as well, the same feedback, or you notice the same interaction through the platform in your in the data that you're capturing, that um, collaborations with smaller influencers were actually able to provide much better quality um, assets to be potentially reused in social media, for example, or in a content marketing strategy, um, and at a higher volume than maybe you know having one blog post that can provide maybe one backlink 
of a higher domain authority, but all right. Uh, and then maybe one picture. What, what have you seen from the other side? So from the data, from the platform front? You are 100% correct. And actually, not even on the data side, there is an additional developments that are taking place toward, that were taking place at the end of last year, now going into this year. On the legal side, <clears throat> you, if you look at any kind of agreement, I'm sure you've seen this in your industry side of things. Whenever you have a UGC user-generated content, um, most of the times the purchaser retains all the rights or they try to build their contracts the way that all the rights are retained, the creator just created and that's it, they're done. The general tendency right now, exactly for the reasons that you mentioned, because a lot of smaller influencers create, they care more. They create their brand. They're actually building what is becoming their brand. So two things. Influencers are actually becoming brands as opposed to just promoters or ambassadors. But at the mm -hmm. same time, there's a general motion to bring in new clauses into these contracts where the user-generated content is actually will have that brand or that creator at least cited for their creation. Mm -hmm. And I think the similar thing, a lot of there's a lot of talk about NFC, NFTs and everything else. If a lot of that content, even if it's bought as an NFT and owned completely and entirely by somebody else, the underlying my contract actually includes the reference to the creator. So um, we're seeing exactly the same thing. Um, we actually are finishing up building what's called Bribe Academy, which is going to have several different levels of educational programs for influencers or freelancers or the brands or anybody else who participates on the platform. Um, a lot of stuff there includes the information about what to expect because it's no longer about ROI. ROI and influencer marketing is incredibly hard to calculate. And if anybody tells you they can do it or they can improve it, they it's probably marketing talk, not financial talk. Um, return on ad spend is a lot more down to earth number that you can actually see and figure out for what you're spending on a campaign but your return on ad spend will depend on how impactful the message is and messages no longer is mostly impactful because of the name of the influencer it's also incredibly impactful by the quality um, of the content that is created and these guys they now realize that there is a huge competition out there and they come up with methods of photography or video creation or a very original presentation of the products that highly paid marketing teams of large enterprises still are unable to come up with because they're not in the space fully. So the influencers that we're talking about and freelancers that, you know, just the creators of digital assets, they're out there, there are actually a few steps ahead in the technology that's coming out or in the news that are coming out, the color palettes, the behavioral factors of the audiences. They learn things that before used to be only privy to like highly analytical departments that ran, you know, presentations and the pie charts and whatever. Now regular influencer is completely holding their hand on the pulse of the industry and the developments because this is how they stay alive this is how they build their brand and ultimately this is how they earn their living very fair and in terms of the platforms now uh because you mentioned there's something that was very on point which is you know being them being the brand so them you know earning a living by the fact that they are in tune and with everything that's moving and being able to produce high quality high-end modern content um what have you seen in terms of platforms? So we all seen TikTok increasing quite a lot and influencers on, on TikTok from our experience with the agency and clients that we work with tended many times to become more expensive to work with. It, it's not a general rule, but it, we encountered this a couple of times, um, maybe because on TikTok, the organic reach can be higher if the content is good, as opposed to Instagram, maybe in general, since the algorithm is working a, a bit more productively when it comes to organic content. So to sum it up, what's the trend that you've seen on the platform and with the influencers that were onboarding in terms of the 
their reach, where they are building their brands, what they're advertising, what types of accounts, like is it YouTube, is it TikTok, is it Instagram still? I think um, anybody who is getting into this on either side should still have representation across the board or at least across the major platforms. As you know, the whole buzz of last year is that TikTok went to 13% market share. So they beat Google, uh, YouTube's 10% market share. Instagram is still holding like 94% market share in, in providers, in general users and the user generated stuff and very closely behind is facebook which everybody already buried and said that it's dead and <laughs> no it's not trust me it's completely not dead um, it's just you need to know why and how to use all of these engines because for a company it gives you a well-developed well-rounded marketing campaign that addresses different sites of what you want because even if you produce a product you can still sell it to multiple different markets right one of my favorite case studies was uh, dollar shave club they just went instagram all in subscription razors really cool vi uh, visuals nothing was working then what they did they redirected their targeting from just men that need to shave to mothers girlfriends wives and sisters basically saying hey no more ties no more books no more belts no more socks your guy really needs a razor which is always sharp and you know keeps him groomed and you need a well-groomed man so here's your presence their sales blew up and this is a subscription based uh company what they did they ran a facebook campaign that addressed a more mature audience with uh, more textual information, with more case studies, more applications. Then they ran an Instagram and the Reels campaign, which basically addressed quick, flashy, hey, this is it, this is cool, really um, perceptive advertising. So this is another great example. Then, as you can see, over the past three years, the shift went from graphic to video, right? And one of the biggest things that we're noticing right now that obviously this is how TikTok went completely gaga around the world because it's short video. People are becoming more and more like goldfish. So they need, you know, the information right there. And then so you can just, just digest it and get hit with it and try not to forget it. But realistically, what we're seeing is still as a TikTok influencer, you now have obviously an opportunity to run much fresher much wider cast a wider net for following and run a more impactful message if you're trying to influence the the following but at the same time for any platforms or any businesses that are trying to work with such influencers a they're tough to reach uh b if you work with agencies then you're looking at you know lengthy negotiations larger rates um, tiktok itself has been completely prohibitive of integration with other platforms so a lot of my colleagues in the space it's it's still almost impossible to to tie the tiktok to your own mpi api so what is happening is because tiktok as you know rolled out their own suite of services where the influencers can run their influencer campaigns which is phenomenal because that validates the whole existence of this space because the larger companies like obviously TikTok and Instagram has their own developer suite now, uh, digital creator suite. So all of these companies, all of these platforms are giving you more and more tools to run both sides as a, as a brand or as a buyer of the service to identify who and how you want to work with. But then this is where, you know, we come in because there's that disconnect. And for, um, the providers of the service to give a larger scope or a larger um, package of services where they can run the video on TikTok, where they can run textual stuff on Facebook, where they can run reels and live stories on Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. So use them the opportunity to give, to provide more service, to earn obviously higher profit on that. And for brands, again, for the same money, you run a much, much more effective campaign like 
if you were to do it otherwise with just one channel like ads or TV, etc. Okay, and now talking about APIs and integrations, um, let's talk a bit about tracking for the marketing managers out here that you know maybe are trying to integrate influencer marketing, but they, they are concerned on you know tracking performance or justifying budgets. Um, how are you guys tackling this up, this aspect, the subject? Um, are you tapping straight into the platform and getting insights from there? Um, do you have any types of integrations with or feedback loops with influencers? Do you have a workflow management system integrated within Bribe? How how is campaign being tracked? How is how are campaigns being tracked? Well, there's um, there's actually a few different things that are happening again. The business model of Bribe is very different from your regular influencer marketing platform mm -hmm. because that's not what we are. We are a live two-sided marketplace. But what we do, we run integrations with third-party providers like um, Hype Auditor, for instance, a phenomenal company. They run, they basically lead right now on Instagram stats in the market and with their reports, our buyers are able to a track the efficiencies and the you know eliminate the fraud with influencers even before we're working with them. Then while they run the campaigns, um, there are companies like Qmoka, which are insane. Like we'll spend years building something like this, and it's readily available. Um, what these guys have created is an analytical approach to any kind of a post. They analyze the post on what's in it, what colors, when it was posted, how many people are in it, what facial, facial expressions. They go so deep. And these are the tools that now are at the fingertips of anybody who is ordering such services. What we do, and like I said, we collaborate with providers of analytical stuff like that because our main goal is to create a platform that facilitates the communications between the buyers and the sellers, allows them to control the flow of funds. And by that, we actually lower the amount of fraud that can potentially happen. Uh, the promises are fulfilled. And at the same time, in that communicative process, they're able to use the third-party applications where they would actually kind of check on both of each other and the impact of the platforms and track the statistics. And most importantly, like I mentioned before, figure out their return on ad spend, which is incredibly important um, for anyone who is especially doing it on a budget. Um, can you please repeat um, the name of the platform that you mentioned, the one with uh, that is analyzing the colors and everything within the image? Uh, how, how do you spell the name? Uh, Q, letter Q, mocha, yep. like, uh, like a coffee drink. Qmoka? Okay. Nice. Uh, so we can all have a look after, <laughs> see what they do. Thank you for the tip. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Um, so in terms of uh, now going towards the bigger picture from last year, so looking back um, from our discussion so far, it seems that the trend of um, collaborating more with micro influencers, non influencers, and for brands considering them more and more um, as viable opportunities for them to tap into the channel uh, is a continuous trend. So, right? Absolutely. Uh, then what else? Oh, what other data trends have you identified? Is there anything to do with the growth of budgets that are being allocated to the channel or um, range of industries maybe that can start to consider this channel since before it was more towards direct i mean directed towards maybe e-commerce or lifestyle brands are you seeing an expansion there the expansion goes actually into the industry that are, that are not mentioned and not um like i said now they're glamorous but the rise of uh, nano and micro influencers in very very different categories has given the rise to the orders from the companies that never thought they could use stuff like that. For instance, and um, I've mentioned this in the previous uh, discussion with another professional like yourself, uh, it's really funny. We traced a rise in one of our categories, which is animal husbandry. And I use it as a case uh, because not a lot of people even know what it is. I didn't know what it was and why the hell we had it on the platform in the first place. But 
Um, there was one representative back in the day, one, one influencer that actually specialized in that. So we added the category. And we've seen the growth because not only it's obviously a huge industry, especially in the United States, especially in southern, southern states where there's you know a lot of cattle, but there is a huge satellite industry that comes with it. Um, technological appliances, uh, belts, the construction stuff, anything that has to do with you know animals making babies and, so, and surrounding industries, it's incredibly, incredibly large. So that was the industry that stayed to a very, very niche marketing through just local newsletters, uh, farmer digest, etc. Now they're able to use influencer marketing and a lot of freelancers on digital side to create assets and to actually run campaigns that are geocentric to you know their area of expertise or their area of influence, which run hugely impactful campaigns at the end. So the general trend right now is that thanks to COVID, and you know, people are gonna hate me for saying that, but the everything has changed and online is some ephemeral space that used to be used you know for just jokes and information by a certain amount of people now 98 percent of people around the world are online for their needs that they never used to have medicine delivery uh, food delivery um, any kind of like uber style services and obviously more and more business online so Coming to your original question, sorry for my little deviation. Um, one definitely huge trend is that more businesses, apart from your regular beauty, lifestyle, sports, and travel, which are dominating basically the influencer marketing, the rest of 340 categories that, for instance, we have on bread, actually I see in whether it's incremental or larger rise over the past year and going into the 2022. Um, there are more and more, like I said, micro and nano influencers that are using the services of platforms like ours because they are no longer at you know number ten or number hundred page of search. They're able to be upfront right there because now the filtering and the searching is a lot more detailed. So by specialty, not only by your following, but by specialty, by your geo. Uh, by what you do, by how you do it. And the filters are becoming more detailed. The industries are becoming wider. And um, the span of the influence done by these professionals is obviously becoming much, much wider. Talk about the budgets. Um, obviously, each influencer has their own fees, uh, which I guess uh, on your platform too are you know showcased and then there might be some room for negotiation. Um, but when you are looking at the campaigns that you saw were successful or maybe you received feedback from super happy clients that had you know, maybe their first campaign or their first more integrated campaign and worked well. Um, in 2021, what was the average budget or the minimum and the average budgets that were invested into influencer marketing collaborations? We are looking at actually your general, almost classically standard rate um, on the micro side. The, some even of the larger and more impactful spending was done with teams of nano influencers and micro influencers. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, average per service, average ranges at about you know 200 to 220 dollars so you're looking at either a live post or um a story post or a twitter post with somebody who has more than ten thousand uh, followers now uh we have run obviously a much multiple network campaigns so for that um we educate our influencers to price themselves not based just on the following, but actually based on your potential return on ad spend that you can offer to the company. And mind you, again, we are not an agency. So we facilitate that need, but we also offer a lot of educational information and a lot of tips along the way. Mm -hmm. So if an influencer has about you know 5,000 followers and they are 
offering their services for 500 to 900 dollars we do give them a little notice you are free to post that but you probably are not going to get as much uh, attention because you should be probably within 180 to 220 range so uh the budgets well this would be the pricing and the cool thing about platform like bribe is that uh the professionals can actually post preset packages like i do the post for 50 bucks i do the post on a story for 200 bucks i'll do a week-long campaign you know for 500 bucks and then when a company or a buyer comes in they can just click on that and, and get going or if they want an individualized negotiation then they can get into that on the side of the brands and the buyers we have seen actually a huge spam um, the companies that ran the most impactful campaigns last year were smaller companies with a budget of about five to ten thousand dollars but they were able to build campaigns like i said with multiple influencers and multiple freelancers so they created a really really cool impact uh we had companies that uh, basically the largest campaign for last year was for um approximately half a mil mm -hmm. and that okay. was a larger uh, marketplace which originally came to us i'll take a step back uh, we have developed really cool relationships with some of the talent agencies in the U.S. and across the world that allow us to showcase their megastars on Bribe. So they're not self-registered, they're being showcased. And any brand collaborations that come to them from Bribe, we, we basically facilitate those. But the cool thing is we're not going to sit you know, and pray for the fact that Messi or Ronaldo or Penelope Cruz or Antonio Banderas will come to private and self-register and start looking for campaigns. That's never going to happen. But <laughs> we have all of them on bribe represented through their companies. So uh, that marketplace that, I, marketplace that I mentioned came to us having been exposed to uh, mega celebs that are present on the platform. What actually subsequently happened is that budget went into the medium to uh, micro-sized segmented campaigns that were run for a couple of months and they couldn't be happier because like i said they they have seen they didn't get the exposure of a larger name through us they actually were able to get it through a direct agency collaboration of somebody else but they ran an incredibly impact, impactful social media marketing campaigns that they actually shared. I, I cannot share the numbers, but they shared with us that they could trace an increase in geo sales in those particular ge um, geographic areas that they ran those segmented ads. And for us, that was just like, you know, uh, finally what we've been talking about makes sense. So uh, we are, in negotiations with this company to run another set of campaigns this coming spring Amazing. Uh, because and like i said it's a marketplace so they do a lot of fashion stuff so mm -hmm. i love it when i hear these types of success stories because you know like you guys are one of the younger companies in the space uh, and as you mentioned you know like two to three years so it's amazing to see su such fast growth and uh, you know showcasing your value proposition to the world so big up for that um Thank what you. about <laughs> um well deserved so in terms of the smaller influencers uh it just popped into my head now a discussion that i had with um they were more like an influencer agency um but they had this issue that was brought forward by some of their independent small influencers or well nano influencers and when these nano influencers were trying to establish collaborations with bigger companies or like with companies in general there was this barrier where uh it's more like a legal thing but i'm just curious how you guys tackle this um they needed to obviously invoice for the services so they had to create a company and then you know tackle the tax or you know be a freelancer and then again tackle the tax but what if some of them just wanted to do it as a side hustle and you know just have it there uh maybe one campaign once in a while but not leave out of their influencer uh 
career, let's say. Um, how are these transactions through Bribe, for example? Like, can anybody go as an influencer and start collaborating, collaborating and you guys help them with tax or do they still have to do it themselves? Oh, and similarly from the brand's point of view, you know, invoices and these types of, types of things. Um, there are a few things that I would like to mention on that because um, thank you for bringing this up. This is incredibly important, especially for nano and micro influencers that they're new to the industry. Uh, one of the first things that I want to uh, mention is whenever you get into the car and you don't know how to drive, chances are things are not going to go the right way. By the same token, if you want to even just kick into the freelancing industry or influencer industry, you must know what you can and cannot do. How you do it, first, read the terms and conditions of any platform you're on. They are, by law of their geographical location, they are required to disclose certain things that a lot of them are pertinent to legal or financial side of things. Like we are a US-based company, so our terms and conditions are longer than usual because they need to include a lot of exceptions, a lot of exemptions, um, a lot of privacy aspects. Like, you know, the state of California has their own privacy law, which goes around the world. So read the terms. Don't just check off the thing and like, I've read the terms and let's go, let's earn millions. Read. Second, I highly advise to find... Um, sources of information that are credible, again, that are that relate to your legal and your financial rights. Um, in our particular case, we collaborate with Robert Freund, and I can give you the information later. He is probably the only attorney in the United States that have put together an educational course for influencers, which gets them probably 90% of everything that they need to know about the legal side of things in the influencer marketing industry, um, starting from FTC regulations and explaining what they can, cannot do, what they can, cannot claim, what kind of hashtags they can and cannot use, how they can be prosecuted. Like, for instance, in the US, before, if you did something wrong, the advertising penalty was, you know, a couple hundred dollars. Right now, it's 46,000 per occasion. So if you're an influencer that ran a campaign and earned you, you know, 200, 300 bucks, but then you got caught by FTC and now you're looking at a $46,000 fine. You need to understand <laughs> where exactly you're sitting in that particular case. So I'm not trying to scare anybody, but like I said, this industry is becoming more and more validated by two main reasons. A, large players are in Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Two, government is getting into the industry like the FTC now has regulations for influencer and the ads, et cetera. And I'm sure uh, companies in international markets are facing the same thing. So it's becoming an officially regulated industry. And while you get into it, you are responsible for knowing what your rights are or what your responsibilities are. On our side as a platform, we are a double-sided marketplace. We facilitate, but we don't create them. So we provide as much information as we can regarding our uh, geographical location and as much as we can about GDPR and, and European regulations for people to know what they're responsible for. As a facilitator, we don't take control of that sale. The sale happens between the buyer and the seller. So they are responsible to know their rights and we provide as much as information as we can possibly do. Super useful. Um, yeah, so you guys uh, listen to to this and maybe considering or already doing influencer marketing and wanting you know wanting to get serious with it. Make sure that you know the regulations of the countries of the where your clients or the companies that you work with are within and also of course uh, of your own, which hopefully <laughs> you should be already <laughs> having down. Um, okay, so Igor. As a sort of a closing note, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the trends for this year. You mentioned NFTs and, you know, this is a hot subject is something that we've been discussing about quite a lot in the, like in the past two to three months, basically since the metaverse <laughs> announcement from 
Meta, so Facebook. Uh, what's your take on that? What's your, what's your take on the industry as a whole? Um, do you have some highlights that you want to bring forward? Um, the general trends are actually very obvious, even if you look at any kind of influencer campaigns that run that are run by larger companies or smaller companies. Um, as a general topic of our, of our conversation right now, obviously the rise of the micro and nano influencers should be considered by the buyers and by themselves because they are becoming a much larger driving force of the space. And that's on both sides, influencer and freelancer, because we work with both. Um, obviously, the rise of the video, that's going to continue. The message that is the most impactful right now has to be not only informative, but extremely vivid. And there are many companies that run um, research on that. Uh, a lot of influencer platforms come up with their yearly reports. Influencer Marketing Hub is a great resource uh, if you want to look into that. Um, I know that a lot of companies, I think we will be seeing trends of larger enterprise doing two things. What they do is they use influencers on a smaller scale on their geographical location. So let's say uh, New Balance has a location in Boston and they will run an micro and nano influencer campaigns for the Massachusetts or for the Boston area for their, their shoes and their stores. So it's not gonna be a nationwide campaign, they're just doing it segmented. But simultaneously, I think there's the rise of the ambassador pro uh, programs a lot of companies, instead of just using agencies or using platforms, they create an opportunity for the influencers to come to them and become their ambassador as long as they match a certain criteria, which, you know, it takes business from companies like mine on one side, but on the other side, yet again, um, a lot of influencers, a lot of professionals that are trying to get into ambassador programs, they may or may not get into them, but don't just focus on one thing. Use many different avenues where you can, you know, send your message to a much wider audience. Um, there's definitely a huge trend, I think, in a universal message. I don't know if you're covering that in in your um, in your interviews, but it's not. It's no longer a gimmick. It's no longer a political statement. It's no longer anything but an acceptable way of marketing um, so the universal message was potentially gender neutral message in many industries is becoming more of a staple rather than uh, something brand new i think this is definitely one of the things that we're seeing majorly transform the creative industry and um, what else i think there's a trend which originally influencer marketing and freelancer industries came into existence to remove the rigid HR-based uh, departments and employments. But now on a different spin of this evolution, we are seeing influencer marketing going from individual to groups. Mm -hmm. So companies are using groups of like multi-influencer campaigns as opposed to just one. So now you, in a way, the companies are hiring the teams of influencers. And this is where the agencies come in because they definitely monetize on that. And there is a general tendency of enjoying working with somebody and walking away from using many different uh, people for different campaigns, but to do repeated orders, either on freelancer side or influencer side. So good and bad because if it is repeated campaigns with the same team or with the same providers this is cool because it's going to be to have the same impact hopefully with smaller depreciation over time but that also uh, we've been laughing about this at the office because we have created all of this to go back to contractual employments and to repeated orders and to somebody <laughs> being constantly employed with the company so i think this is a trend that is happening, but I think both the business, well, all three of the businesses, the influencers and the agencies slash platforms should adapt 
to this particular um, situation and actually create business practices that will help them to exist, but at the same time to bring, I think, this, this idea, this concept to a little bit of a different level so that it doesn't go back to brick and mortar and departments and the cubes, but it stays on the freedom of expression and freedom of creative, but on a different business model than it used to be 12 years ago. So right. I think these are the, the, the main trends that I'm seeing in this year. Mm -hmm. Very insightful. Um, really loved our chat today. Uh, what I particularly liked about it was that it was very pragmatic and I think it was very information rich for, for everybody really that is on either side of the fence to say so. So, you know, professionals as well as companies, agencies, marketing managers. So Igor, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, thank you for having, uh, helping us have an amazing start of the new podcast season uh, this winter. And uh, for you guys tuning in today, thank you for sticking around to the end. Thank you for joining us and for being with us for you know so long. As always, if you have any feedback or any questions, feel free to reach out to us, comment on, if you are watching this on YouTube, comment uh, below and let us know your thoughts. Um, Igor, if people have questions or they want to get in touch with you personally for, you know, business avenues that you could explore or other types of collaborations, uh, where can they best get in touch with you? Uh, the easiest way would probably be LinkedIn. Uh, okay. My name spelling is in the description of this podcast. So uh, find me on LinkedIn. I can't promise that I'll answer right away, but I do my best in trying to answer all the messages that come in my way that are not, you know, marketing spam. Um, and for Bribe, obviously, just go to bribe.com and check us out. It's a free platform. Play around with it. Nice. So you guys will have the links in the description of this episode as well. Uh, check these guys out. They are doing a great job uh, as Igor was talking us through the story as well. Uh, Igor, until next time, wishing you guys all the best of success. Uh, looking forward to news in March when you are going in Dubai. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll organize another session to debrief that as well as um, potentially talk about some other subjects that we didn't have the chance to discuss so much. And I think it would have been a nice uh, explore explorative conversation such as uh, NFTs, licensing, creative arts, and um, you know more of the fancy stuff in the news nowadays. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Wishing you a Thank great you day. Thank you for having me. And looking forward to staying in touch. Speak soon. Take care. Bye-bye.